0: And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law, a show about faith in the law and in the marketplace, featuring the partners from the law firm Mauck and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Good afternoon. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky, and today we're going to talk to my law partner, John Malk, about his newly released book, Jesus in the Courtroom. I'm an attorney and partner at the law firm of Malk & Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ and its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, nonprofit administration to religious freedom. You can find more about us by going to maukbaker.com that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or calling 312-726-1243. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on developments in faith and the law. John and I are old friends and brothers in the Lord, as well as being law partners. I first got to know John 30 years ago when the pastor of our church— we, put us both on a church board made up of men and women older and wiser than we were to shake them up and to get them thinking in new ways. And then 12 years ago when I was looking to change law firms, the Lord led me to join Malkin Baker where we are partners today fighting for religious liberty. In his new book, Jesus in the Courtroom, John writes about many of the challenges that believers face in our society and particularly in our legal system. He describes some of the victories believers have achieved, and he suggests some ways every believer can be part of overcoming these challenges by putting Jesus first. John, why did you write Jesus in the courtroom?
1: Well, it uh, it was just a pleasure to write because uh, over the years, God had put so many things on my heart about how law was confusing people and putting them under bondage. And really, God uh, gave us the law to set us free, and I wanted to reverse that social trend and help people see lawyers and the law in a biblical light, uh, which is much uh, simpler and and, and more more powerful, and uh, to show them how they can engage and overcome the legal system or use the legal system uh, for God's glory. Well,
0: we have a First Amendment guaranteeing religious liberty. The founders put it in our Constitution. How is it that we are experiencing attacks on religious liberties in our courtrooms?
1: Well, part of its uh, the overall paradigm of society is God in control. Our Declaration of Independence says we find these truths to be self-evident, that we are all endowed with certain inalienable rights by our Creator. And when we have God uh, in view as Lord over the legal system, Lord over uh, every part of the world, uh, the world runs better, we serve better, and uh, it's a, a more, more productive and blessed life that we can lead. And we've lost touch with that. We've uh, dethroned God, uh, and, and maybe we still have him as God and Lord of religion, but not over the law. And so we need to restore that, and our minds need to be renewed.
0: Well, you call in your book uh, the courtroom the front line of spiritual warfare. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I'll go back to the Bible, first of all, and let's re-understand and learn anew what Jesus was doing with lawyers. Uh, you and I and all of our listeners have probably heard hundreds, and if you add in all the listeners, <laughs> tens of thousands <laughs> of sermons about Jesus interacting with the religious leaders of his day, but uh, in studying the scriptures, teaching the scriptures, and and uh, And practicing law with uh, uh, brothers like you, we've come to realize that that is only a half-truth. The religious leaders of his day were the high priest and the Levites and the Pharisees and Sadducees were leaders in some sense and they certainly were religious. But we've neglected or not even appreciated the fundamental uh, function of the Pharisees and Sadducees was as lawyers. They were making laws, they were legislators, the high court, the Sanhedrin, and there were many smaller Sanhedrins uh, uh, staffed by (laughs) Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, The word rabbi did not mean leader of a synagogue in Jesus' day. It meant teacher of the law, and he's continually referred to as teacher of the law. So looking at Jesus' priorities to impact Israel for the Kingdom of God, he went to the legal system and the uh, the key people in the legal system, uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees, to explain to them about God's kingdom and convince them and and move them. And it then became obvious to me that if we're going to follow in Jesus' footsteps, we need to learn more. Thoroughly and deeply and relearn what it means to impact the legal system and how he wants us to be engaged in that.
0: This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky of the law firm of Malk and Baker. Today we're talking with attorney and author John Malk about his book, Jesus in the Courtroom. In the book, you talk about God's special people. Who are God's special people and how have they shaped what you've done as a lawyer?
1: Yeah, no, uh, uh, good question, and I I wrote that a little provocatively because, of course, we're all special to God. God's designed each one of us, made each one of us uh, uh, different and given us different talents and so forth, but in the book I'm referring to children, uh, not just children of believers, but all the children that God has given us, Uh, they're special for us to take care of, and, of course, We know in the scripture, uh, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. uh, Don't keep them away. And yet we have turned things around in our society uh, in the law. We used to have a legal standard, and we still do to some extent, that decisions concerning children should be made in the best interest of the child. Uh, Shockingly, when you break it down and go into various areas of the law, Uh, adoption, uh, child custody, uh, primary education, unborn children, uh, employment for, for, for young people, the best interest of the child standard has been swept under the rug or tossed from the bus or whatever tired metaphor you want to use. We are neglecting our children big time And legally, uh, we need to reform. And, of course, this is something that affects uh, parents, uh, teachers, uh, not just lawyers, but anybody who's engaged with children. Grandparents, we need to understand how we've moved away from that important standard and godly value of putting children first and restore that standard.
0: Well, uh, you talk about... Ordinary believers doing this. What specific examples can you give uh, about what ordinary believers can do to help uh, children and to and to really put that standard into effect?
1: Well, in the in the area of protecting the unborn, of course, uh, believers have realized and are fighting strongly uh, to protect children. Uh, to protect them from abortion, to persuade their mothers and fathers uh, not to abort the child. Uh, But the Lord has given us an idea to help those who aren't in the law or those who can't go out and pick it uh, to powerfully affect our culture and move people from uh, thinking that life begins at birth, and it's a, it's a program that will allow children as well as adults to begin to, to realize that life begins at conception and to begin experiencing that uh, from the time they're four or five years old uh, so that when they become childbearing age, they'll be very careful about the children that they're carrying.
0: And, and so what, what is that idea, that idea, John? You know,
1: well, there's plenty about it in Jesus in the courtroom. Okay, uh, we we call it Kui Wan, uh, which is uh, Chinese for beginning day because the Chinese have traditionally dated uh, age from approximately the time of conception. And you can go to the website Wan dot com. Wan Ministry Q I Y U A N Ministry dot com and find out approximately what day you were conceived and and learning that day and learning that day for your children your grandchildren the, the people in your christian school the people in your public school the people in your church and send them Quiwan cards so that they will begin to conceive and i guess that's a poor pun but conceive <laughs> that that was the day of their conception and and life life did not begin at birth we we confuse people with birthday uh, as opposed to that's when life begins day. And life begins day, qui uh is what we want the message to get out. So this is something that we can all be involved in, in, you know, in influencing the culture. Just like ultrasound is causing abortion. Uh, John, abortions. We'll,
0: I'll have to cut you off here. And we'll come back and talk about ultrasound uh, in a few minutes. But we're going to be talking about uh, Jesus in the courtroom and particularly about ultrasounds and about justice and mercy and how we can relate that to real life experiences in the courtrooms. I'm Whit Brisky of Malkin Baker, and you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky, partner of the law firm Malkin & Baker, and we're talking with my law partner, John Malk, about his new book, Jesus in the Courtroom. And you can find out more about that book at the website jesusinthecourtroom.com. That's J-E-S-U-S-I-N-T-H-E-C-O-U-R-T-R-O-O-M, all one word, dot com. Uh, John, you were mentioning at the uh, end of the last segment about how ultrasound has affected the fight for the unborn. Uh, can you just amplify that for a minute?
1: Oh, yeah. It's, just been, a, it's been a wonderful gift uh, to humanity to be able to see uh, children in the womb as they have uh, come to life and, and, uh, and, then they, and then they grow. The presence of ultrasound, according to people in pro-life ministries, has reduced abortions dramatically, not through forcing them, but by changing people's idea. Uh, one, uh, one teacher explained to me, when children grow up with a picture of themselves uh, in utero, an ultrasound image on the refrigerator, uh, they decide, hey, I can't kill this child that I'm carrying or that my girlfriend's carrying, uh, because uh, that's a person. I'm a person, and people are seeing that, and uh, abortions are going down. So just like that is influencing people, they probably understood intellectually that there was a child that a separate DNA, but they didn't understand emotionally and uh, wasn't connected visually. Uh, and this is what the Kui Wan ministry is going to do uh, when people figure out their Kui Wan Day and we begin to celebrate uh, and recognize Kui Wan Days through cards, through parties, uh, through, through games, through schools and church, um, and remind people that this is the day you were conceived, then we think God will be answering prayer that we've been pouring out for decades since Roe versus Wade, Uh, stop the slaughter, and we want to reduce the number of children that are aborted. And and we think that's that's going to happen. God's bringing that about. He's hearing the prayers of thousands of people, and probably even the prayers of those little babies in the womb, as they have, in their spirit, reached out to God and, and, and said, I'd like life.
0: Amen. Amen, John. One of the other ministries you talk about in your book is Courtside Ministries. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Oh, Courtside is just such a such a blessing, and I want all of our listeners and the, and the readers of Jesus in the courtroom to be introduced to it because it's something that's available uh, for just about everybody uh, to minister at the courthouses. Uh, We've long known that they are great places to minister, and and as we've represented a lot of churches and pastors over the years, uh, we've heard them say, weddings and funerals are my gig. (laughs) That's when people really are open to the gospel. Sure, I I share the gospel on Sunday mornings, um, but that's mostly to believers. When we get to a funeral... Uh, we get to a wedding, uh, people are celebrating, people are crying, uh, people are thinking about uh, life going fast, uh, people are thinking even about death, they usually shut that out. And that's a great opportunity to share the gospel. But that's primarily for pastors to do uh, as, as they're in charge. Courtside ministries takes another crisis point, and that crisis point is when people are going to, court. They're facing eviction, uh, they're facing divorce, they're facing criminal convictions, uh, they're facing uh, being on a jury and deciding someone else's fate. Uh, All sorts of uh, uh, powerful, life-changing, fear-inducing, adrenaline-pumping issues, uh, stomach-churning issues, and these people are open to help they're looking saying oh god they're muttering to themselves or just what's going to happen to me when i when i get before that judge well courtside ministries was founded only a few years ago about five years ago by tyler makepeace in colorado he's gone on to to be with the lord but this ministry is spreading at courthouses across america and and Probably across the world, because as people are going to court, courtside ministries very simply sets up a table on the on the sidewalk or the parkway outside the courthouse. It says, "Got a banner?" It says, "Need prayer," and the people line up for prayer because of of the of the dozens and sometimes hundreds of people streaming past that table. There are many many who will reach out to the prayers and say would you pray for me i i've got a, a, a sentencing today for my for my son and and i'm hoping for mercy or the um, just hearts are open so uh, you can go to courtsideministries.org org and find out more about that or 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 really get the book jesus in the courtroom which will give some testimonies and stories about how courtside ministry is working and allowing everybody, particularly not lawyers and particularly not pastors, everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be engaged in impacting our legal system by, by, uh, by prayer and counseling encounter and encouragement for the litigants, lawyers, and judges that stream past every day.
0: I know I've stopped for prayer myself. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky of Malkin Baker. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about uh, John's new book, uh, Jesus in the Courtroom. Uh, John, if Jesus were walking the earth today uh, and had gone to law school, what kind of clients do you think he would represent?
1: Well, guys like you and me, first of all. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Because we're big sinners. (laughs) Oh, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you, but... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, No, he does does represent everyone, and he is who wants his representation. Isaiah said uh, that a son is given, a child is born unto Israel, and this is uh, someone we can all uh, rely on. He's called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Father of Eternity. And this Wonderful Counselor uh, concept uh, in the Hebrew uh, can very properly be translated awesome lawyer as well as advocate. And Jesus is here to help us and to teach us and to counsel us uh, how to engage in the legal system. And when we're in the legal system, um, how to use it for God's glory and and kingdom. So uh, he would be representing anyone who wants to come to him. Anybody who's listening now who wants forgiveness, can come to Jesus and ask him to plead their case before the Father in heaven and establish their innocence, not by the actions of the client, but because we got the greatest lawyer in the world. <laughs> He's paid the penalty for us, he
0: yeah, That's right. He's paid the penalty as well as our, being our lawyer. Praise God. So, so, John, in about, uh, about a minute, um, we've talked a lot about specific examples, and other than buying your book, that's jesusinthecourtroom.com, uh, what can ordinary believers do to build the kingdom through the legal system?
1: Well, first of all, it starts, it starts with education, and then prayer. Uh, but engagement is uh, is really the operative word uh, from Jesus in, in the courtroom because um, all sorts of ministries want us to give and pray, uh, but find your place. Not everybody has to be in courtside ministries. Not everybody has to be involved in Kui Wan. Uh, there are many, many uh, child ministries that are available and many other ways to be involved. Find out what God has designed you for, and where you fit in. Jesus in the Courtroom is simply a tool uh, to help you find out um, how you can engage in the legal system and how you can help children and help build God's kingdom.
0: All right. Well, where can uh, people get your book, Jesus in the Courtroom, or learn more about it?
1: Well, it's, it's from Moody Publishers. Uh, you can go to the website, uh, jesusinthecourtroom.com. You can go to Moody Publishers. Uh, of course, you can go to uh, any of the bookstores, uh, uh, hard copy bookstores, or you can go online and, and, and get an electronic edition. Uh, it's everywhere.
0: <laughs> it's everywhere. That's great, John. Well, thanks, John. I uh, appreciate your coming in for this. If you if you have a legal need or question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243. Again, at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. mauckbake R.com. We're a Christian law firm based in Chicago which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with their legal needs. Call us to mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. God bless you and have a wonderful day. I'm Whit Brisky, partner at Malkin Baker. you going to have to save some. i